Welcome back to the French Collection Podcast. Join us here each week as we glean from Pastor Tony French as he brings a message that speaks to the freedom and life that we have in Christ. So here on Easter Sunday, Resurrection Sunday, the tomb is empty and Jesus is risen. He's no longer here. He's alive. Um, John 3.16, if there's never a better day to bring out John 3.16 at church, it's on Easter. For God so loved the world. Yeah. For God so loved the world that He gave His one and only Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Everyone knows this verse. Uh, you can see it on face paint on football players, right? John 3.16. It is so true because God's, God loves us. He so loved. Right? What's your most valuable thing? To give that up only for something or someone that you really love, right? It would have to be worth worth it. Well, that's us, the world, the creation that God made. God loved the world, me, you, that He gave His one and only. He gave up something priceless for something that He considers to be priceless. And... I don't know where it crept in, but this false sense of humility that I'm just an old lump of clay. God really doesn't care for me. You know, he made me, so he's got some obligation. But see, that's not the love that God has for you. God absolutely loves you. That wart, he loves it. Right? He loves you. You're not just sneaking in or slipping by somehow, getting covered as part of the group. He loves you. Your name here. You. He loves you. He's especially fond of you. And because of that, He gave His one and only Son. For you. Is there any doubt in your mind that God the Father loves Jesus? No doubt. And God the Father gave Jesus up for Tony. Do you see what that says about Tony? About you? That's what he thinks of you. Yeah, I know. We think in groups, right? And and it's it's not groups. It's you. It's me. That whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. Words are hard. We throw out things like believe and you can ask somebody, do you believe in Jesus? Oh yeah, I believe in Jesus. Well, I would like to remind you that even the demons believe in Jesus. See, it's not just that you believe in Jesus, it's what you believe about Jesus. What is it about Him? So, here's what John 3.16 says, according to me, about what you should believe. First, 
believe that God loves you. See, the demons don't believe that. I think God hates them. So, believing in him means that you believe that God loves you. And that you believe that Jesus died for you out of that love. And that you are now in union with him. And we are all alive. Because we share in his eternal life. And as a follow-up to John 3.16, which is probably the greatest verse anybody has ever heard, the greatest command in Mark chapter 12, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, your mind, and with all your strength. As a response to God's love for me, comes with an obligation, if you will, for me to love God back. But obligation isn't the right word at all. <laughs> right? It's not like I owe him, so well, I guess I'll love him. No, it's because he is so incredible that I can't not love him. We're, most of us are probably going to eat something this afternoon. Is that ham? You smell that? Maybe it's, no, it's not ham. It's fresh dinner rolls. Mmm, my goodness. As we think about those things, I just got a whiff of chocolate pie. Did you, did you catch that? As we think about those things, we're drawn to them, right? Our body even responds to that. It's the same way with God. As we think about Him, as we smell Him, as we are in His presence, oh, look at that. Did you see what God did? Oh my. Loving the Lord our God with everything in my being. Because we're created for that, right? We're created in His image. And the image of God is this. God so loved the world that He gave His only Son. And me and you being created in that image means that we love God so much that we give ourselves to Him. We respond back the way He responds to us. We're created to respond to Him in that way. And then three more verses and we're done this morning. Philippians chapter 3. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them garbage, that I may gain Christ and be found in Him, not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law, but that which is through faith in Christ, the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. So, because of our new union with Jesus, because he loves us and we love him. For those of you who have been in love or are in love, do you remember those early stages of love and you just can't get enough? Right? Like, yeah, I know I just talked to you, but I needed to, I needed to do it again. That's the way the relationship with God is supposed to be. It's what's intended for us because of his great love for us and because we love him back. And as a result of that, when I consider my union with Jesus, 
Everything else? I ain't got time for that. There's no room for that. Because of my union with Jesus. I used to think that laying those things down would be loss. But what happens is when I get those things out of my life, what fills up that space in me is of such greater value, I don't even notice those things. It just, they don't move the needle, right? You know how I always talk how I love brownies, and brownies are awesome. But I don't know if you know this about brownies. As soon as your mouth is empty, it's over. I got to have more because it's done. And Jesus is not that way. He's not a bite by bite kind of a relationship with Jesus where I get a little thing and now, oh, now I'm done and I need more. What he has for us is true life, eternal life that has already begun if you believe in Jesus. Because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ my Lord, for whose sake I have lost all things. Now, this is the Apostle Paul speaking, and my reality is I'm trying to lose all things. True confession, right? <laughs> I'm kind of trying to keep it all herded up here together, which is a complete waste of time. And of course, it shows my unbelief about how good God really is for me. But he's patient and kind, and he loves me, and he wants me to let go of those things. Not hang on, but to let go. Because they are truly garbage. That I may gain Christ and be found in Him. Oh, the joy of being found in Christ. Christ in me, the hope of glory. But I am also in Him. That's kind of this definition of our union. He is in me and I am in him and we are one the way the Father and Jesus are one. And everything else in my life, while there are many good things like the foods I just mentioned, those are good things given to us by God intended to point us, redirect our affection to God, not to become an idol. And when we use those things to draw us closer to God, what a glorious event it is. Because this righteousness that I have on my own does not come because I'm working harder or striving harder or getting better. I'm trying. No, it comes because of my union with Christ. This is the righteousness that comes from God on the basis of faith. Now, it's an incredible righteousness. Right? Don't let me kid you about the level and the bar of what this righteousness that we have in Jesus is. It's very high. And it comes from God, not from me. I'm living in it. I'm not the cause of the righteousness. If I could produce it in myself, then everything we're doing here today and everything Jesus did is for nothing. If I could become righteous on my own, I don't need a Savior. <laughs> I've proved <laughs> I cannot become righteous on my own. And uh, I don't know if you're aware of that for you yet or not, but I pray that God makes you aware of that quickly.
that you cannot do it on your own and you need him. And he provided it because of his great love for us. He sent his son that we could share and become and know him and that we could become righteous, not because of the law, but because of faith in Jesus. Verse 10. I want to know Christ. Yes, to know the power of his resurrection and participation in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow attain to the resurrection from the dead. I want to know Christ. I think it is awesome that we have church in a time of teaching, and we have Sunday school in a time of teaching, and there's Bible studies with the time of teaching. I think all of that is incredible and important because we need to know things. But I do not pray and hope that you know things about Jesus this morning. I pray and hope that you know Jesus. That's one of the reasons we study the Word, so we can know about Him, to know what He's like, so when we see Him, we recognize Him. But the goal here is not for you to act like Jesus. It's not for you to know all about Jesus, like where he did and what, you know, like I, I had a lot of fun this week reading people's Holy Week things of, okay, it's Monday and this is what Jesus did, and it's Tuesday and this is what Jesus did, and it's Thursday and it's Friday, Saturday, and this is what Jesus did. That's all, that's awesome stuff to know. It's only awesome stuff to know because I know Jesus. Right? Otherwise, it's, like learning about George Washington or Abraham Lincoln. That's interesting. And Jesus is interesting. But because he is alive, we can know him. And I would ask you that this morning. You know Jesus? Like the words, do you believe in Jesus? I don't mean that. <laughs> I mean, do you know him? You hear his voice, you see where he's been and what he's done and say, oh, Jesus was here. You know, that's the kind of relationship that's available for you and me with Jesus is oneness. Where you can know him and he can know you. And I got to tell you, at, at first when I was first exposed to this kind of stuff, I'm thinking, I don't know that I want Jesus to know me that well. Well, wanted or not, he already did, <laughs> right? So then, accepting that, I want to know him. I want to know him. I've been married to my wife for 38 and a half years, and I kind of know her. But I don't know everything about her. I'm still learning about her, right? Same with Jesus. I learn new things about Jesus all the time. He's incredible. There's so much to know. I want to know the power of his resurrection. What's it like for Tony to be fully alive? See, I, I, I've been cursed and I live under the consequences of sin. And Jesus is restoring me into life. And what's it look like to really be alive? You know, to, to look at these things of the world that look like life and say, nah, I don't want that. I want what Jesus has. 
to live in that, to know the power of his resurrection. To resurrect, you have to die, right? And so I join, you join Jesus in his death. What's that mean, to be dead? Well, the wages of sin is death. So if you've died, then the wages of sin has been paid. And also, I don't know if you know this or not, but dead people don't live under the law. Dead people have been set free from the law. So the standard of righteousness we have does not come from the law. It comes from faith in Jesus Christ that is the same righteousness that Jesus has. So living with the power of his resurrection is, I'm dead to sin, and I am alive to God through Jesus Christ, living a full life that really matters and means something. And to do that, there is the participation in his sufferings. And if you've watched The Passion, um, you know Jesus suffered physically. But is there anything worse than when Jesus was nailed to the cross dying and he says, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Is there anything more painful <laughs> than that? Jesus suffered. And the reality of it is, since the kids aren't here, we can talk about the reality of things. Life is hard. Right? We live in a fallen, broken, cursed, condemned world. And even though I try to be a good man, I sin. And when I sin, you live in the consequences of my sin. Right? Now turn that around. And it's not just me and you, it's everybody you ever know and every sin that's ever committed. And you're living in the consequence of that sin. If you have a really incredible motorcycle and I decide to come to your house and take it, you now live in the consequence of sin. Your motorcycle's gone. Right? So we suffer in this world because of our own choice and our own unbelief and because of the choice and unbelief of others. So we participate in his resurrection. We participate in his sufferings. We become like him in his death. And so somehow, attaining to the resurrection of the dead, and I have no idea how, I only know what. And the what is this. Because the tomb is empty, because Jesus is alive, I have been made alive. You know what the Bible calls me now? The Bible says that I am a saint. The Bible says that I am holy. The Bible says that I am a chosen son of God. The Bible says that I have been raised into the heavenlies and seated at the right hand of God. Somehow, I am attaining the resurrection from the dead by the power of Jesus Christ. Why did all those things happen to me? Because they all happened to Jesus. This is my beloved Son in whom I'm well pleased. Yeah, God said that to Jesus. You know who else he's saying it to? You! 
Our identity in Christ, I'm a joint heir with Jesus. I don't know if you know much about inheritance and wills and that kind of stuff, but joint heir equals share. What Jesus gets, I get. <laughs> I would remind you how much the Father loves Jesus. And that's how much he loves you. And you get to share in that resurrection because of Jesus. So, somehow, we attain the resurrection. Fully alive. Alive forever. In union with Jesus. Christ is in me. And I am in Christ. And that is pure joy. So, thank you God for loving me. Thank you, Father, for sending Jesus. Jesus, thank you for coming. Jesus, thank you for dying. Jesus, thank you for loving me. Thank you for including me in your death. And thank you for including me in your resurrection. And thank you for including me in your ascension. Hosanna in the highest. We love you, Jesus. We believe you. And we believe in you. So, live your life through us, Jesus, that we could attain the resurrection from the dead. That we could live out who you've actually made us be to the glory of your kingdom and for the uh, restoration of this world and of mankind. We love you, Jesus, and pray this in your name. Amen.